Good morning and welcome to the services at Green Lake Church. I welcome all of you who are here physically and all of you who are online watching. And especially a warm welcome this week as someone who suffered through and shivered through the service last week when our furnace didn't quite keep up. I'm very glad it's warmer, 20 degrees warmer outside at least, and warm hearts inside too. There are a number of announcements I want to share with you during church life. And one of them, the first one, is in the bulletin. Uh, Just a reminder, this evening is praise, worship, and soup. What a great combination. It is at 5.30 in the fireside room, and if those of you who would like to eat soup after we have praised and worshipped, bring some soup to share. The next announcement is one that I'm particularly excited about, being a crafty sort of person. It's also in the bulletin. Crafternoon, next Sabbath afternoon, at 1 o'clock or so, those of you who like to do crafts and have projects in progress, as I do, uh, bring a snack lunch, bring something to eat, bring your project, and plan to spend some time chatting and working together as we will enjoy each other's company as we do and maybe actually finish some of those crafts up there. That would be very nice. Rona has an announcement she'd like to share with us. Good morning. I'm here to say thank you. Uh, You've all probably been seeing our campaign that's been going on. I know you've seen it on the wall in the back. And I just want to announce that we met our goal. The 240000 was a milestone goal for a process that's going to take several years, but this was an important one because it meant a uh, balloon payment that we had to make, and you all came through. We reached the goal, and we were able to make the payment. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for on behalf of the foundation. Thank you on behalf of all the guests who will be benefited by being able to stay in that space for many years to come. This is one of those perpetual kinds of gifts, so thank you for being part of it. That is lovely and exciting news. Kevin, I think you have some some things on behalf of Brian. Yes, thank you, Dana. Uh, Brian texted me this morning and was not able to make it, but he wanted to give an update. Can you hear me? He wanted to give an update in regards to the Mockingbird toy drive that we did a couple of months ago. We collected presents and gifts that the Redemption Church helped to hand out. Well, we heard some feedback from the contact there from Redemption. Her name is Jana Covert, and she said this, We distributed hundreds of gifts to so many children and families who were so blessed by your generosity. This day provided so much joy for children who have been through so much hardship. Any extra gifts went on to support other children in need and was distributed by the DCYF, Department of Children and Youth and Families, through their joyful organization. Thank you. So Brian wanted to share the update in that regard. And then the second thing, we briefly mentioned this, I believe, a week ago, and you can look in your bulletin, but plan now. We are in the cold season Not as cold as last week, thankfully, but it is going to get warmer. Spring is going to come. Summer is going to come. And as part of that, we want to have a camp out together. And we've set a date for August 23 through 25 at Kitsap Memorial Park. So far, I think we have 
six or seven campsites reserved. We can add to that if we need to. So if you want to go, contact Brian and get your name on that list. And if we need to add more, we will. So plan for the warmer months to come and the camping season that will come soon. And now I'm going to pass it back to Dana. And it's communion today, so you can say a short word on that. Thank you. This is, this is for those of you who are at home and watching and would like to participate when we share in the bread and the wine, the juice. Um, this would be a good time in a, in a couple of minutes to get ready. So if you want to do that, you get your supplies out. So at the right time in the service, you will be ready to participate. It was, it's almost time for we can greet each other and welcome each other to church. But I want to give you a reminder. When the organ starts to play, that is your cue that the service, the rest of the service is about to begin so you can sit down and relax. So for those of you at home, while we pass the peace, get your bread and your juice. And for the rest of us, let's greet each other and welcome each other to church.
Let's pray together. Gracious God, we, your people, are here to offer praise and prayer. Open our hearts so that we may receive your love. Let us go out after this service with joy and energy to share your love. Amen. The loose money in the offering plates and in the Northex box today will be going to the local church budget. We always think about the heat and the lights, and this week we're particularly grateful for the heat. Um, But also things like utility, garbage, the utilities, garbage, water, electricity, um, and other less obvious things to many of us, the junior guides, the primary treasures, the Sabbath school quarterlies, um, paper plates for potluck, batteries for the Christmas candles, all that sort of stuff. If you prefer to give to a different fund, then you can use one of the envelopes in front of you to indicate your preference, as always. Or if you're not prepared to give today or are in our online audience, you can donate at any time using the Give button on the church's website and specify the fund for your money. Let's pray. Dear God, please take this offering and make it a blessing to many. Please also inspire us to be generous with not just our money, but also our time and other resources this week. I'm praying in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning, you guys. Happy Sabbath. I want to read a Bible verse to you first. Is that okay? Okay. Colossians 2.16 says, Let no one then judge you in eating or in drinking, in respect of a feast or of a new moon or of Sabbaths. This was a message Paul gave to the Colossians. And I want to talk about it a little bit because it's kind of confusing. So I want to start by saying, do you guys have a favorite weird food? You got one? What is it? Kiwi. Kiwi. That's a good one. Anybody else like a weird food? Yeah? Ethan. Is it allowed to be a drink? No. Okay. Well, it's orange Fanta mixed with uh, grape Fanta mixed with vanilla Sprite mixed with raspberry Fanta. I'm going to need that recipe. (laughs) Okay, Andrew. It isn't grown here, but I like durian. Durian fruit? Oh, that's a good one because it's stinky, right? (laughs) But it's so good, I've heard. I haven't had it myself. Anybody else? Okay. So has anyone ever told you that something you like is gross? Yeah? But you like it, right? And so... If it isn't hurting anyone, why do they make you feel bad about it? Weird, right? So I just want to talk a little bit about food and then also about the Sabbath because they're kind of related to each other and they both come up in this verse. Paul's talking about it's okay to eat and it's okay to keep your Sabbath. And it's okay to keep the Sabbath the way that God puts it on your heart to keep your Sabbath. And so I, when I first started coming to this church, I started trying to keep a really hard Sabbath, like a really good Sabbath. Sabbath where I didn't do any work and I would feel bad about it if I did anything wrong that you're not supposed to do on the Sabbath. Like I didn't know I didn't have to avoid driving or making food hot, right? Like I didn't know all that stuff. So I felt so silly because I was judging myself, right? And so I figured out eventually that I can have some grace. Like God gives us a lot of grace to do what what we um, need to do, right? To keep ourselves healthy and joyful and, and all the things God loves about us. And so, um, like last weekend, for example, I didn't do choir because I needed to go to a Bible study. And I love doing choir, but it wasn't the right thing for me last weekend. And so I got really excited and joyful when I went and did a Bible study with Kevin and learned about um, all the things that were happening in the lives of the early apostles of Christ, right? So some people in your life sometimes will judge you for the things that, um, that you do that are good, right? Sometimes that'll be in regards to Sabbath keeping. If, you, if you're an Adventist your whole life long, some people are going to say, why do you go to church on Saturday? I thought church was on Sunday. And they think that you have to do it the way they do it because the way, they think the way they do it is right, right? Everyone thinks what they do is right. You know, people are, people are just like that. And Paul tells us we don't have to believe them. Isn't that great? Like you don't have to listen to what they have to say. We just have to believe Jesus and do what Jesus asks us to do. And so there isn't any part of the Bible that tells us we are, we are bound by the law anymore. But we Adventists like to keep the Sabbath. We think it's a good thing. And so remember, and by the law, I don't mean the law of like, like don't crash your car into buildings or drive too fast or, you know, rob banks. Like we can't do that. But the, the law of the Old Testament. And so remember, whatever you do, you don't do it because you have to. You do it because you want to, because Jesus loves you, and that's how he wants you to be. All right, so you can grab your buckets and take a little trip around the room.
our Father and Mother, we come to you today from many places after the week of cold. Some of us are in pain, some full of joy, some are exhausted or discouraged, some of us have broken hearts. Some are reveling in the colder and darker days and coziness, and others are eager for spring to come. Thank you for this church family, which offers us the support and friendship of people of diverse ages, backgrounds, interests, and viewpoints. We ask your blessing on those who have specifically requested prayer today, both those whose names are listed and those who need the blessing but didn't want to be listed or that we're not aware of yet. You know what blessings they and their family members need. Thank you for answering. Please show us how we can help these individuals. Today we ask for the gift of seeing others with your eyes of love and acceptance. Please help us bring the light and warmth of your love to those around us. And please send the Holy Spirit to speak through Pastor Raven and the other service participants to each person here today. Please fill each of us today with the awe of your presence and give us such an awareness of your love that our hearts will be filled with gratitude and our lives will overflow with your praise. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our Old Testament reading is from Deuteronomy, chapter 9, verses 1 and 4. Then Moses went up to Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab and climbed Pisgah Peak, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead as far as Dan, the Negev, the Jordan Valley with Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. Thank you. 
Our New Testament reading is from the book of Mark, verses 30 through 32. Leaving that region, they traveled through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed. But three days later, he will rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying, however, and they were afraid to ask him what he meant. May the Lord bless the hearing of the word. Good Father, 
say a special thank you to Cameron and Reed because I asked them this week if they would sing a song and they chose a very beautiful one. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, today I want to talk to you about promises. Promises are an interesting thing. In most ways, promises today are not the same kind of promises that we read about in the Bible. A promise today is usually a piece of information that we are keeping away from someone or something. But a promise in the Bible tends to hold an insurmountable goodness in store. When I think about the big promises in the Bible, there are a few names that stick out really large to me. There are those that we have the foundational promise and stories about, like Adam and Eve, or Noah in the ark with the rainbow after the flood, or Sarah and Abraham with bearing a child. But there are two in particular that stand out to me even more. The first is the whole overarching story of the Old Testament with Moses and the promised land. And the second is in the New Testament with the fulfillment of the promise of Jesus. Moses is responsible for much of the Old Testament. He is one of the foundational writers and storytellers. You could probably spend a whole career or a whole lifetime studying the life of Moses. Because Moses and God had a very personal, visual, intimate, and ferocious relationship with God. Ultimately, Moses' story is about the promised land of God. The part of Moses' story I want to focus on today, and if you want, you can open your Bibles to Deuteronomy 32 and 34. God is talking to Moses, and God says to Moses, Go up into the mountain range of Nebo in Moab, across from Jericho, and view Canaan, the land I am giving the Israelites as their own possession. And there on the mountain you have climbed, you will die. Kind of a weird thing to say to Moses. But then in chapter 34, it follows up with that very command. Moses goes up on the mountain that God had foretold. And God shows Moses. God says to Moses, all of this, it's all yours. This is what I promised. It's what God promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes. After all of this time, all of the generations, all the drama, and all the war, here it is. Just as God promised. God revealed it. He unveils the promised land to Moses. And I imagine that Moses goes through this rush of emotions. 
Perhaps, I think many of us have gone on the hikes that the church does every summer, or I'm imagining you've been on hikes, and you've gotten to the top of the hill or the top of the mountain, and you see that beautiful view, and it's even better than you could have imagined. All of that time, and here it is. Moses is looking at the future, a place for hope. In New York, there is a place called Ellis Island. And this little place serves as a place for immigrants to enter into the U.S. for several decades in both the 19th and 20th century. People arrived from all over the world seeking refuge. But the important bit is that they brought hopes and dreams to create a better life for themselves and their future generations. In both cases, there is a sense of leaving behind the old and looking towards the new, promising future. Not just for you, but for generations to come. We have this real-life example of what God is doing for us that has already happened in Ellis Island. And it is such a beautiful example for families and God to take us up to that mountain and to show us just how much is in store for us. As I sat with that text, I wondered, and I really would like to ask you all the same question. If God did that for you, if you had the chance to walk up to the top of the mountain with God and see everything that God had in store for you, would you want to see? Would you go to the top of the mountain? Or would you want it to be a surprise? If you said, yes, I want to go, I want to see everything that God has in store for me, what does that knowledge mean for you? What do you do with that information? Do you then live your life to the fullest? Or do you postpone because you know how much good is in store? If you had the chance, what would you do? Or would you keep yourself from that knowledge, knowing that what might happen along the way, or feeling like you might not deserve that goodness that God has in store? I'm still not sure what I would choose, but I challenge you to think about what you would do. I want you to think for a moment. Think back to a time where there was a huge thing coming up for you. It felt exciting and maybe a little bit life-defining, but it was a huge moment in your life. And you felt that whether it be a husband, a friend, or a parent, that person promises to show up to your event. And maybe right now you're imagining yourself as a little kid performing at a concert or playing a sports game or um, playing in like a school play. And your mom or dad or whoever promises to come to that event. And when you get there and the event starts and you're, you know, doing your thing and you don't see them and you don't see them. And then finally you lock eyes with them. And you feel that joy because they're there. Because they're there because they promised to be there. Or maybe 
you're thinking of when you graduated something from high school to college or intern to employee, you have this team of people that you are hoping to show up. But what actually happens is not just your mom or your dad comes, but your favorite aunt and all of your cousins, and not only your spouse, but their whole side of the family too. And they've come just to see you, to show you how proud they are of you. And it was more than you could ever imagine. The joy was invincible. It was the fulfillment of a promise. That is just a fraction of the image that I picture when God shows Moses everything. The promise carried through generations has come to life. Moses' heart explodes with emotion. It is even more than Moses could have ever imagined. Just as God leads the Israelites through the promised land into freedom, God also does the same for us. Through the doubts, through your faith, through the fears, and through the tears, God walks right by us in our faith journey. God fulfills the promise to Moses just as God fulfilled the promise about Jesus. God is a promise keeper. He is a good, good father. He's a good, good leader. In the New Testament, Jesus calls and mentors a lot of people, but we read mostly about 12, the disciples. Jesus spends his time with them, and he shows them who God really is, what the power of God is capable of, and even instills that power into the disciples. And we read in our, in our New Testament reading that Jesus tried to tell them about his death. Jesus, twice before the Last Supper, predicts his death to them, and they do not understand it. And at the Last Supper, Jesus tries once more. And he says those words, Take and eat, this is my body. Drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant. Jesus, the fulfillment of God's promise, is making a new covenant with them and with all of us. He breaks the bread and passes the cup, and he says, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus metaphorically takes the disciples up the mountain, and he shows them everything. He shows them the whole world reflects on the ministry that they have done together, tells them what is about to happen. It is a promise, one of hope, one with insurmountable good in store. Here, we can catch the idea, the glimpse, that all the way from the promised land to the Last Supper into today, the promise of God is not just something we remember, but something we continue to remind ourselves of. And that is why we are here doing communion today. We do it because we remember the promise that God made and continues to make with us every day. From promise to presence, that is who God is.
It is said that there are more than 8,810 promises in the Bible. That means we have a lot to cling on to. As we participate in communion today, and as the deacons and deaconess make their way forward, I invite you to take a moment to think about who God is and the promises that God has in store for you. What new covenant are you and God making today? And just a short word before we pass up the communion, and then Pastor Raven will pray. In the Adventist Church, I am thankful that we practice something called open communion. That means that wherever you came from, whoever you are, you are welcome, young and old, to participate in the communion, which is a representation of God's grace for us. It is a gift. Today, we are doing something a little bit unique to encourage full participation amongst all of us, and we're doing a responsive reading. So once the communion is passed out, I will read the first section, and Pastor Raven and all of you will read the second section, and we'll take communion this way. At this time, Pastor Raven will pray, and then we'll pass out the emblems. Bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be here today and that we can remember you. We pray a special blessing over the emblems that we are about to partake in and that you would remind us about your promise to us. In your name we pray, amen. We will also say, I forgot to mention this, there is a gluten-free option that you'll see within each tray as well. Thank you. 
This reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Again, you can pull from your bulletin, and it's also available on the screen. I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant, this cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often... As you do this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. And all of God's people say, Amen. We will now have our closing hymn, number 350, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds, and then Pastor Raven will have our closing prayer.
bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the promises that you give us. We thank you for sending your son down here to save us, and we pray that we would carry that promise with us today and ask ourselves what you have in store for us and that you would show that to us. In your name we pray, amen. Amen.